There was a time, but old time was then young, the brave Caledonia, the chief of her line, from some of your northern deities sprung, who knows not in the brave Caledonia's divine. From Tweed to the Arcades was heard the main to hunt or to pasture or do what she would. A heavenly relation they've set her in and pledged their godheads to warrant it. A lambkin in peace, but a lion in The pride of our kindred, the heroine grew. Her grandsire, old Odin, triumphantly swore. Where shall provoke you, the encounter shall With tillage or pasture, a time she would sport. To feed her fair flocks by her green rustling corn. But she flee the woods where her favorite Resort, a darling amusement, the hounds and the horns. Long quiet she remained till the world steers a flight of bold eagles from Madrid's strand, reputed successive for many long years. They darkened it and they plundered the land. The pounces were mudder and horror their cry. They ravaged and ruined the world beside. She took to her hills and her arrows let fly. The daring invaders, they fled or they died. The camel on savage disturbed her repose With tumult and disquiet, rebellion and strife Provoked beyond bearing, at last she arose And robbed him at once of his hopes and his life The Anglian lion The terror of France, of prowling in sanguine, the tweed silver flood, but taught by bright Caledonian lands, he learned to feed in his own native wood. The fell happy raven took wing from the north. The scourge of the sea and the dread of the shore. The wild Scandinavian bore a shoot forth to wanton and carnage and wallow and gore. O'er countries and kingdoms the fury prevailed. No arts could appease them, no arms could repel. But brave Caledonia and Sailed as large welcome witness and lung of tail. Thus bold and dependent and conquered and free, her bright course of glory.
Hello, this is William Fink. Welcome to the Christagenia European Fellowship Forum. Today is Thursday, March 15th, 2012, and this year is just zooming by as quickly as last year went by. Well, well Christagenia finally got delivery on, on its new server today, and, and um, I'm setting that up as we speak, sort of. I'm just transferring files to it now. Hopefully, um, my main sites will be transferred to the new server tonight. Christagenia.net, which hosts this um, this TeamSpeak chat server, is not going to move until Sunday. And, and I'll move it Sunday because that's when Sunday morning when it gets the least amount of traffic. Hopefully, that move will be smooth. If you are connecting by IP number, you'll you'll have a um, you'll have a problem after the move. If you connect by by um, using the Christagenia.net address, you will not have a problem after the move. With that being said, today I'd like to um well, well tomorrow after this Euro Forum, I'm packing, and tomorrow I'll be in Philadelphia, and tomorrow night Christagenia. On TalkShoe will be conducted from beautiful southeastern Pennsylvania, or, or I should say once beautiful southeastern Pennsylvania. Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening on TalkShoe, Carolyn Yeager is going to fill in for me, and she's going to be with Rodney Martin, and, and they're going to do um, a program on the social life of, of, of National Socialist Germany, and that should be really interesting. Uh, I'll hate to miss it. I'm probably going to try to catch it live. Today I'd like to talk about um something about a battle that Christians really lost 150 years ago. And it's a damn shame that that if they'd have stood up for their own Christian principles, we wouldn't be in in the shape that we are in today. However, like all societies, they erode incrementally. And are usually too far gone before enough people notice that there's a problem. And that's the point we're at now, right? There's not much that we could do about this now, but it's nice to be able to see how drop the ball. We as a people drop the ball. The um you can't renovate a house that's been infested with termites for 150 years, right? You just tear it down and build another one, and and that's the that that's what we face the need for today. Of course, we understand, being Christians, that um, vengeance belongs to our God, and and it's it's going to be up to Him to tear this house down so that we can build another one. 
That's the promise of Christianity. In the meantime, we have to learn the lessons that this life has offered us, and we get to see how we've dropped the ball. I'm going to talk about freedom of association today. I, I have a short presentation here. It's I'd just like to make a few important points. I'm going to begin by quoting from the Oxford Dictionary of Politics, and, and they have a short article on freedom of association. And I quote, and, and this is um this is taken from answers.com, and I quote the freedom of individuals to associate as an end in itself or with view pursuing common projects, for example, through churches, trade unions, political parties, and sporting clubs. Freedom of association is widely seen by liberal political philosophers as a core personal liberty warranting strict protection by the state though the exact contours of the freedom and how it is appropriately balanced against other values are a matter of considerable and continuing dispute. Well, of course they are, because you always have people, certain people who are trying to force themselves on others, right? Force themselves into other people's societies. That's the story of scripture. Christ said that the kingdom of heaven has been pronounced since the days of John the Baptist, and the violent ones forced their way into it. To continue with the article, John Stuart Mill in On Liberty argues that citizens should have freedom to unite for any purpose not involving harm to others. A formulation which leaves open the question of what counts as sufficient harm to others to justify state interference. John Rawls, and, and this I think is pretty good, John Rawls in Political Liberalism, written in 1993, argues that freedom of association is a basic liberty because, and to the extent that, it is an extension of liberty of conscience. And that's an excellent assessment. And, and conscience must include religious conscience, and, and there'll be a lot more on that later. One major point of controversy concerns the extent to which freedom of association should be understood to include the right to refuse membership, and, and this is important to see how this has been twisted, the right to refuse membership of a given association to others who may wish to join it, may and should the state strike down membership rules which exclude on the basis of ascriptive characteristics such as race and gender. A considerable body of case law has re recently emerged, case law, read Talmudic law, right? A considerable body of case law has recently emerged in the United States on this issue. There, the Supreme Court has determined that the United States Constitution asserts Two fundamental rights of free association. That's a straight lie. That, that's just a deception that they've invented that. A right of intimate association and a right to associate for expressive, essentially religious or political purposes. Where association, and we'll see that this is an absolutely false construct that the Supreme Court has concocted in order to allow our enemies to foist themselves upon us. Where, do you, where associations fail to meet 
the court's demanding criteria of intimacy, the court has ruled that government may require associations to satisfy equal opportunity norms in their membership policies unless departure from these norms will clearly undermine the association's specific expressive purposes. And, and there's, a, there's a specific court ruling mentioned here in, in, um, in the Minnesota Department of Human Rights versus the United States JCs. This to me is evil because it forces associations on people who would not otherwise associate. Therefore, it is a violation of one's religious right. We have lost this battle because we have failed to properly defend our religious right. I'll continue with, well, well, let me say that the U.S. court system should never have accepted any such lawsuits in the first place because any entertainment of a suit of this type is automatically a consideration to violate someone's freedom to associate, someone's right to free association. As soon as the court decides to hear that case, they are violating that right or considering the violation of that right. They have no business in it. Back to the article. Critics argue that it is unreasonable to expect associations to show that all membership policies are rationally derived from their expressive purposes. Such an expectation, critics claim, will inhibit the evolution of associations over time and thus make for a poorer associational life overall. Another major point of controversy concerns the extent to which individuals should have the right to refuse membership of associations that others would like them to join. For example, a trade union at a given place of work. Enforced membership in such cases may violate liberty of conscience Though complete volunteerism may also result in situations where some individuals unfairly free ride on the associational activism of others. Well, well, that's untrue, and that's a false argument since it's voluntary in the first place. Volunteerism, the the voluntary will to associate or not to associate, it can't can't be violated and, and it can't be morphed into something which it isn't. It's just an untrue argument. The, the, The first problem is that we see associations as only being formal associations and, and associations are, are, um, that they should be seen not only as formal, um, associations or groups such as the Boy Scouts or or your church group or or, um, something like the JCs or the Elks Lodge. That's an association. However, we in our everyday lives associate with other people in in the, the common course of our life all the time. And Christians, and, and we'll get into this in a few minutes, Christians are told that they must regulate their associations. The ancient historian, the ancient Roman historian Tacitus, in his annals of imperial Rome, claimed, among other things, that Christians had 
antisocial tendencies. I would assert that today, if Christians should only, well, if Christians would only put their profession, put their religion into practice, they should indeed have antisocial tendencies. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Paul wrote, to the, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, nor with the covetous, nor with extortioners, nor with idolaters. For then must you need go out of the world. In, in other words, if we have to keep company with these people, we have to disassociate ourselves from society because we are not to keep company. We are not to associate ourselves with fornicators, with idolaters, people that worship gods other than the one true God or gods other than Jesus Christ. We're not to company with extortioners. We're not to company or associate ourselves with, with people who are covetous or, or people that are otherwise sinners. James 4.4, 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. 2 John chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Whosoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come anyone unto you and brings not this doctrine, in other words, if that person is not a professed Christian, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that bids him Godspeed, in other words, even greeting a non-Christian is a partaker of his evil deeds. 2 John 9 to 11. Not too many churches teach that one. 2 Thessalonians 3.14 And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Let's read that in, 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 the, in the North in, in the new, I'm sorry, the new American Standard Edition. And if anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of that man and do not associate with him. The people that we have normal discourse with during the day, they are our associations. If you go buy something from a merchant, you're associating with that merchant. If you go eat dinner with somebody, you're associating with that person. If you go eat dinner in a restaurant full of gypsies and kathirs, you're associating with gypsies and kathirs. 2 Corinthians 6.14-18 through 18, Be not unequally yoked together. In other words, don't share the same society with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness, righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he believes, he that believes with an infidel? 
And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell among them, and I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate. Christians, true Christians, are to be a separate people. And touch not the unclean, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Christians have basically lost their right to freely choose who they associate with and who they do not associate with. And they have lost that right because they have failed to defend it on the proper grounds. In the United States courts, and, and this is evident in, in, the, in, in the, um, the arguments before the Supreme Court on this issue, the extent of freedom of association has been argued in relation to the rights of free speech or the right of free assembly. And while it is indeed related to those rights, it is also related to the right of one to practice his religion. And it cannot be determined by the state what the limits of, an, of any individual's religious worship may be. Because the state, under the First Amendment, is barred from making laws concerning religion. Christians have a basic religious obligation not to associate with sexual deviants, not to associate with any other types of sinners, and also not to associate with people from other religions. Christians cannot be compelled, they cannot be justly compelled, even to make simple business transactions with people from other religions. Exodus 23, 32 and 33, Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land. You cannot be forced to rent your apartment to, an, to a Hindu. They shall not dwell in thy, thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it shall surely be a snare unto thee. On the basis of passages such as 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, Christians can also assert the right to maintain racial distinctions, as well as religious and behavioral distinctions, and no state can tell any particular Christian that he is wrong for doing so since it violates his right to free conscience. I'm going to read a few definitions. Religion. This is from Merriam-Webster. The state of a religious, the, the state of a religious person, I guess. The service and worship of God or the supernatural. Commitment or devotion to religious faith or observance. A personal set or institutionalized system. This is important. Your religion doesn't have to be what the Catholic Church says it is. Your religion doesn't have to be what the Lutherans say it is or the Anglicans say it is. It's a personal set or institutionalized or institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. Four, 
a cause, principle, or system of beliefs held to with ardor and faith. For the American Heritage, Dictionary of the English Language, 4th edition. Religion, belief in and reverence for a supernatural power or powers regarded as, as creator and governor of the universe. A personal or institutionalized system, personal or institutionalized. So, so a bishop or a pope has nothing to do with telling you what your religion is. A personal or institutionalized system grounded in such belief and worship. A set of beliefs, values, and practices based on the teachings of a spiritual leader. A cause, principle, or activity pursued with zeal or conscientious devotion. From the Collins English Dictionary. Religion. Belief in, worship of, or obedience to supernatural, or obedience to, this is important because this is how religions define, or obedience to a supernatural power of powers, considered to be divine. Any formal or, formal or institutionalized expression of such belief, the attitude and feeling of one who believes in a transcendent controlling power of powers. Let's look at definitions for worship. Now that we see religion is both personal and institutionalized, and that's basically some of the principles that, that, um, that this nation was founded on. Worship. From dictionary.com. Reverent honor and homage paid to God or a sacred personage. They always leave the room open for, the, in, in our dictionaries, they always leave the door open for other gods or, or for secularism. But the definitions still, are, are still valid definitions in a Christian perspective. Formal or ceremonious rendering of honor and a homage. This is worship now. Adoring reverence or regard. The object of adoring reverence or regard. Now, I'm going to skip the British definitions because they have to do with titles of magistrates, right? Worship is a verb. And this is from um, the Collins English Dictionary. To show profound religious devotion and respect to, to adore or venerate God or any person or thing considered divine. To be devoted to and full of admiration for. To honor. Worship is a noun from the American Heritage College Dictionary. Dictionary of the English Language, I'm sorry, fourth edition. The reverent love and devotion accorded a deity. The ceremonies, prayers, or other religious forms by which this love is expressed. Of course, Christians are demanded to express their love through obedience to God. Ardent devotion or adoration. And as a verb, 
to honor and love as a deity. If you love me, keep my commandments. To regard with ardent or adoring esteem. To participate in religious rites of worship, to perform an act of worship. If Christians have an unalienable right to worship, which is to honor and love, and to be devoted to and to respect, as these definitions have said, their Christian God, then Christians have an unalienable right not to associate with anyone whom they feel is unworthy of their Christian God based upon their own consciences. and not upon any state dictate. This basic right of associations was self-evident to our Christian founders. And because it was self-evident, it wasn't mentioned explicitly. However, it's included in those ideas in the First Amendment of the Constitution, which I shall read, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. In other words, the government cannot tell me what my religion is. The government cannot tell me that my religion can include all peoples because I say it doesn't. My profession says it doesn't. The government cannot tell me that I have to take a Negro into my home or into my office or into my store because my religion precludes that. And the government is violating my rights. They're violating my rights by trying to tell me otherwise. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble. But association is not limited to the right of the people peaceably to assemble, as the courts try to pigeonhole it, and to petition the government to, for redress of grievances. Yet, you know, even in Europe, in the European Convention on Human Rights, in Article 9, it provides a right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion, even though that's violated all the time, especially in the courts in Germany, right, and Austria. Well, which is absolutely incredible. But Article 9 of the European Convention on Human Rights says it, that, that men have a right, men and women, of course, have a right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. I'm going to read some um, passages from the various state constitutions. In Arkansas, Article 2, Section 24 of their state constitution says, all men have a natural and indefeasible right to worship Almighty God according to the dictates of their own consciences. In other words, no government can tell you what your religion is and, and, and define its precepts for you. We'll see that, that, that throughout many of these state constitutions in Delaware. Through divine goodness, this is from the preamble of the Delaware State Constitution. Through divine goodness, all men have by nature the rights of worshiping and serving their creator according to the dictates of their consciences, not of some popes, not of some bishops, 
not, not of some local parish minister. Kansas, Bill of Rights, Section 7, the right to worship God. According to the dictates of conscience, shall never be infringed, shall never be infringed. Kentucky, Section 1, Clause 2, the right of worshiping Almighty God according to the dictates of their consciences. Maine, this is a good one, the state of Maine, Article 1, Section 3, all individuals have a natural and unalienable right to worship Almighty God according to the dictates of their own consciences. And no person shall be hurt, molested, or restrained in that person's liberty for his, or estate for worshiping God in the manner and season most agreeable to the dictates of that person's own conscience, nor for that person's religious professions or sentiments, provided that person does not disturb the public peace nor obstruct others in their religious worship. Well, if a Jew or a Negro is trying to force himself on me and I reject that person, he does not have a right to force himself on me. And that right, even if it's perceived, cannot violate my rights to practice my religion according to my conscience. I do not have to associate with Jews and Negroes. And the state can't force me to do so. And we've lost that because we failed to defend our freedom of association properly. We failed to even understand it. This is a good one. Massachusetts. Part 1, Article 2. If you told half the people, three-quarters of the people in Massachusetts today, that their, con that their Constitution said this, that they would hate you. They would deride you. They would tell you to get lost. They wouldn't believe you. Part 1, Article 2. It is the right as well as the duty of all men in society, publicly and at stated seasons, to worship the Supreme Being the great creator and preserver of the universe. Well, well, maybe that's why most people in Massachusetts are worshiping Jews. And no subject shall be hurt, molested, or restrained in his person, liberty, or estate for worshiping God in the manner and season most agreeable to the dictates of his own conscience. Michigan, part, Article 1, Section 4. Every person shall be at liberty to worship God according to the dictates of his own conscience. Article 1, Section 16, Michigan, Michigan State Constitution. The right of every man to worship God according to the dictates of his own conscience shall never be infringed. The Missouri State Constitution, the Nebraska State Constitution, they all have similar, the New Jersey state constitution, they all have similar statements. New Hampshire's good. Every individual has a natural and unalienable right to worship God according to the dictates of his own conscience and reason, and no subject shall be hurt, molested, or restrained 
in his person, liberty, or estate for worshiping God in a manner and season most agreeable to the dictates of his own conscience. All of these um, state constitutions have similar clauses, and they all have clauses that have to do with the public peace. And if somebody is forcing themselves on you, they are violating your peace. And if somebody is trying to force themselves into your association, if your association is founded on Christian principles, they are violating your peace and they are violating your right to worship God according to your own conscience. If the state is dictating who you do business with, then you're not a free man, you're a slave. That's the bottom line. We are slaves because we have not effectively defended our freedoms. And we haven't effectively defended our freedoms because rather than understand and, and admit to our religious freedom, lawyers have fought for, for, for the defense of these rights along secular grounds and, and, and related to the freedom of assembly, the freedom of speech, and, and the courts will argue, well, other people can assemble and other people can have speech. Well, well that, is, that, that is true, but that doesn't mean they have to associate with me. And my, my dictates of who I want, feel that I should associate with and who I feel I shouldn't are regulated by my religion. And nobody can tell me what my religion is, according to our founding documents. I, I, I'm sure that we have similar defenses that would be just as feasible in Europe and, and that they're not used either. I'm going to turn on some of the Europeans at this point, and that's um, basically my presentation on the issue. We, well, we have to learn to defend our freedom of association, and, and we have to do it properly. And, and we do have that freedom, and we do have that inalienable right, according to all our constitutions, but we have failed to do that. Hello. Hello, Danny. Hello, Dorcas. Hello. If any of the Americans want to talk, they could just um, let let me know, and I'll turn their microphones on. Hello, Taya. Hi there. Does that mean then that if our own families haven't got the same principles, is that included? I mean, it's not as easy as. As one thinks. Well, well, we have to make our own decisions whether or not we want to please our God, right? Right. And, yeah, and my point is that you have a right to defend your choice not to associate with people. And that's a basic religious right. And it's a religious right that men knew, that, or at least the English colonists of the 18th century, knew that they had and asserted in all of our founding documents. Yes, but then the whole family used to uh, be guided by the parents, so you were all in the same block, so to speak. But today it's quite different. Everyone goes their own way. Well, well, I, I don't, you know, I choose not to rule over another's faith, yet you have to make your decisions as to who you're going to 
talk to and who you're not. And and nobody can tell you what decisions can make. You have to make them on your own. Uh, I yeah. put away several several of my own children and, and my own family members are dead as far as I'm concerned because mm. I won't associate with them. And, and they know that. No, if you've got nothing in common, I mean... Well, well, I don't agree with their that they're that they're deviant or they're perverted or or their evil behavior. Yes, yes, yes. And 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 that's a hard decision to make, and but that's a personal choice that you're going to have to make. You, you yes. seek to please God or please men. I mean, that's up to you. Yes, I mean it's very hard in society today. Uh, if you you're either completely isolated, or you branch out, a, like I do, I go to a coffee morning at the local church. Really, anyone can go, and they. So I mean, I'm not in their religion, but I I go and and I play Scrabble with them. Because I know they're all believers, that was my criterion. But that, they never discuss religion. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of thinking to be done about these things. Well, well, there is. I mean, I wouldn't um, disparage you for going in, into that sort of environment, um, especially if you went. With with a plan to say things that would, I, I mean, I know you can't really, where, where you are in England, I know you can't speak out the, the way that maybe I would here in America, but um, you, you can mm-hmm. say things that, to try to entice people into awakening or, or get them to think about certain things and, and yes. frame it in a way that, you know, that, that, that is subtle enough and indirect enough that you get your point across, right? Yes, yeah, well, that does happen. Mm. And when that happens, you're, you're probably, you know, seeking to do something good and finding people that you can testify to the truth. I mean, the other point of that was when I was in Worldwide, we came out completely from other people. Say you were there for 20 years well, you weren't influencing society in any way because you'd removed yourself from it. Um, so I don't know which is worse, really, or which is better. Well, I mean, well, you know, I can't partake in the sins of society in order to convince members of society not to sin, right? Mm. Yeah. You don't have to go to the casino and, and, and gamble and, no. and, and hope to find somebody that you could teach identity to. I, I mean, that's ridiculous, right? Because you're going into yes. an environment where you're just corrupting yourself. And, yes, that, yes. You know, I, but, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with going to a, a, a church where you live and, and um, to, to a church benefit or, or a church function. And, and trying to reach people that are Christians in the first place, for the most part, mm-hmm. at least, not um, decadent or, or sinful, and, and no. they're just simply misled, and and you're going hoping to awaken some of them. It, it's not like yes. you're walking into a bingo hall full of, well, no. 
Africans or something, right? <laughs> no, I know. Yes. Well, the way the way I approach it is, how did how did Christ Yahshua do it? How did the uh, P or um, Christ Peter, went to the temple? He went to the temple. Christ went to the temple and and looked for people to teach there. Mm. Yeah. Our examples. So, lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, and he only talked to his own people. He he didn't go try to proselytizing the the, the Edomites. No. Sure. Like a situation that you would find in Washington D.C. in London. Have white people there? You'd be speaking. Uh, I've, I've come across all of us have race of people there will be non-white pagan heat there that'll chirp in like what they did with Christ and it's not you're preaching to them it's they're interrupting you yes that's but, true you know well, well you know I always um immersed myself in 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 the um the general populace in, in that arena and, and only directed my conversation towards my own people. And when it came to the, to the other races, I drew the line at my table and at the door of my house. Yes. Yes. They, uh, they don't like, you know, they'll pop in and stuff like that. And if I found out a lot of times you just ignore them because there's nothing – Nothing you can say. There's nothing you can tell these people. No. Benefit the kingdom or them. Mm. Well, of course not. But you look for brethren that that you are, are seeking and yes, and you that's try what to mean. Them. talk to your people. That's all. Because they be like Christ said, you know, they hear me, they can't understand. Imagine. And, and that's practicing your right of association. You, you can go into right. the public square. But but you shouldn't hobnob with the aliens and 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 rub noses with them and and try to teach them anything. Hmm. Look at all those years they went down to Africa and all those missionaries trying to uh, trying to bring them into Christ and everything, and then some doctor comes along or whatever, uh, boom, they're gone. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> doesn't work. No. That when I where I was working all black Christian men, you know got a, got off and everything like that. They were crying and so happy and clapping their hands and that right there. <laughs> yes. Well, I wouldn't call them Christians. Call themselves. Well, we can't. My, my basic point today is that we can't be compelled to do the things that the state has compelled us all to do. Maybe not now, but in our past lives, that they've taken our churches and polluted our churches by forcing our churches to accept aliens. That they force us in society to accept sexual deviance. Like Everything's turned upside down. With our children now. That they made artificial distinctions between types of associations. 
And, and the Bible doesn't distinguish between those types, and neither do the founding documents. Well, it's, like I said, over here, you, they're just, uh, they're, they're not after us. The older people are after the children. That's who yes. they're after, the young ones. Yes. Do you know in schools they've even got a list of racists in their classrooms and the youngest one uh, branded a racist age seven for asking a schoolmate, are you brown because you come from Africa? And this small child must have gone home and told his mother that someone asked him why he was brown. Yes. And, uh, and this, he's been vilified, a young boy of seven, with an innocent question. And they've got, apparently, they have lists that put on the list and making racist comments. Yes. Yeah. What Doctrination. Hmm. Uh, it's getting worse and worse. Funny, the other day at the market, <laughs> my little grandson. <laughs> Pardon? Packy in there or something, and he's look, Pop, it's a, it's a, it's a black alien. Look at. <laughs> I just <laughs> knows the difference. Stop yeah. trying to teach him multi. Like culturalism, and uh, and uh, the kids won't have to. Uh, no. People like, like then don't come here. The way I look at it. <clears throat> Excuse. They have people oh. so brainwashed now that think like, like that, or shame on you. Yeah. Not social. Not social. Accepted if. You, yes, I. They are brainwashed. Racial. Yeah. Them, but don't. I believe we have to teach our difference here. Thereafter, nah, you don't worry about it. after the kid. What's happening now. We're at war. Well, what else do we have today? We gotta have something else today. Okay, no, I, <laughs> uh, I just had a, a very small query on Psalm eighty-three. If, if you don't mind going over to that subject, I don't know if you want to talk more about um, freedom of association. What about Psalm eighty-three? Well, it, it's a great psalm. Uh, when you know when you're um, wanting um, a, a heavenly Father to um, destroy something, uh, one of you know our enemies and so forth, and it's very clear throughout the psalm um, who who are who the enemies are. But at verse 16, it says, um, "Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek your name, O Lord." Now. They're not going to seek his name, the Edomites and so forth. So does it mean that um, Yahweh would intervene in such a way that um, 
they, they will just uh, sort of say anything to try and get out of the situation that they're in or um, I just, it just doesn't make sense to me because he's, he's not going to save them Well, well, right. That that seems to be um, that very much out of context, right? Yeah. <clears throat> because it's quite clear throughout the song that it is our adversaries, um, and they're mainly Edomites. Um, uh, so. There wouldn't be salvation there at all. So I use it as a prayer sometimes, but when I get to that verse, I sort of skip it. I have the sub. As um. Let them be ashamed and dismayed forever and let them be humiliated and perish is the way verse 17 reads. And that does not go with and, and that they should seek his name, right? It, it just, yeah. that, that one yeah. clause. Yeah, it's as though it's uh, been added at some point. It looks like he's, <laughs> they're not supposed to. They're not going to understand. Not understand. <clears throat> kind of like uh, Psalm ninety one. <laughs> Also, uh, we have uh, Patrick's Day. Uh, I would think that it's probably something in the Hebrew idiom that was lost or or, or um, misunderstood. I can't that that half of that half of um, Psalm eighty three sixteen, the second clause in that verse is just totally out of context. Yeah. Well, why would you be praying that they seek his name if you're praying that they're to be to perish? Exactly. Makes no sense at all. I would agree. <laughs> I would think that there's some sort of of nuance of meaning to the phrase that they may seek thy name that in the Hebrew was probably lost, right? And and it hasn't been carried over because I'm reading the Greek of the Septuagint and the Greek of the Septuagint it is very literal to the sense of the of very literally similar to, to the sense of the English in the King James, right? Yeah. 
Yes, I think I, I remember looking there to see if it threw any light on it. And even if they did seek his name, that means that doesn't mean that they would find it, right? Oh, indeed not. No. It, it doesn't make them Christians. Perish. Sorry, Danny, I didn't hear that. Perish. Yeah. It says here, let them be shamed and troubled forever. In other words, I feel like they're trying to let themselves in, trying to get themselves in. Uh, our our religion uh, our god and and aimed and troubled and perish won't understand it I understand Christ told them matter if I tell you you won't understand it and I believe it's always saying yeah but, but this is um this is asking uh, Yahweh to intervene and uh, against your specific adversary in these circumstances. Okay, it's David, probably, um, but I mean, we can well for our circles. But I mean, when I'm praying that, I'm certainly not um, asking that um, they would seek his. They would be so frightened, or um, you know, that they would actually seek him. Well, well, this is actually a psalm of Asaph, right? It's not David. Oh, is it? Right, let me have a look. Yes, it is, yeah. Interesting. Well, well, what's interesting is the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Oh, yeah. The Dead Sea, I'm in the Dead Sea Scrolls now, the Dead Sea Scrolls Bible, and, and this is from um, Abag Flinton Ulrich, right? It's the, the, yeah. the popular version of the dead, of, of the scriptural texts of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I would say that um, 90% of the 83rd Psalm is preserved in the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? But that half verse is missing and was supplied by the translators. Ah. It says, fill their faces with shame. And then in brackets, it says... So that they may seek your name. And they add the brackets when those portions are missing from the text, right? Right, yes. And this is one of those cases where, where that portion is missing from the text. How strange. Now, now verses 17 and 18 are also missing from the text. But the rest of it's preserved. So so it's odd that that section that... It, it, so many... Um, Sections of scripture that I would have a question with, like mm -hmm. the obvious one is Genesis 4-1. Uh, and yeah. and um, so, so many sections. I found a section in Jeremiah I had a question with. I can't remember which one it is offhand. And, and went to look it up and it was missing. There have been at least a dozen incidences like that in my study of the Dead Sea Scrolls where um, difficult portions of scripture have been missing from the Dead Sea Scrolls. All right. Well, it certainly does make it more questionable. So, so that half of the verse, I, I can't clarify from the Dead Sea Scrolls because it isn't there, right? Right. But but the Septuagint translation, the, the Greek 
it is from 300 BC probably or 250 BC at least and and um the Septuagint does read like the King James but that doesn't that that doesn't mean that that's original right no they could have both been novel So some questions we're never going to be able to answer, but that, that, um, it, it's definitely a, a phrase out of context. Yes, yes. Can I just ask another question? You were speaking last time that we were not the captain of our soul. And uh, I was just reading in Samuel, um, First Samuel, Samuel 16, the question I wanted to ask is related to this. The spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from Yahweh troubled him. Um, and so it was when the spirit of God was upon Saul that David would take a harp and play and then Saul would become refreshed and well and a distressing spirit would depart from him. Um, so does that mean the Almighty has control of our state of mind and he can give us a distressing spirit? Um, if he wishes to use us as a punishment, I believe so. Absolutely. So it would come from him. Yeah. Uh, that's meant to chastise us, right, and to humble us. Wow! Oh, right. And took his spirit from Saul. So, but then Saul will come up in the resurrection. Uh, you see. He's removed his spirit. I've always related that that spirit is what is going to uh, allow us to be part of his spiritual kingdom. Well, when, when it says that he's removed his spirit that. from us, it means that he's cut that connection between us and him, right? Yes. Right. That he's not communicating with us. When, and, and that's when we're open to all sorts of self-deceptions. Yes. So he does have a hand in it then. It's not oh, our own so minds. Mm. Oh, he has a direct hand in our lives. Mm. I found that quite eye-opening, really. I hadn't really noticed that before. Mother always said the right thing. Goes right. How, how many times have the prophets said they were moved by the Spirit? That, that's a real experience, right? But we have mm -hmm. to be careful that we're not um, deceiving ourselves into thinking that our ideas are from God, right? If they're outside of the will of of God expressed in scripture, then we're just deceiving ourselves. Yes. Yes, I, I think 
you know, the scripture is being opened up to us a bit more. Well, I'm speaking personally. Excuse me. I never get calls. <coughs> I don't want to hear a phone conversation, right? I'll shut her up, shut her microphone off. I I don't know. English people are funny when it comes to the telephone, I think. Danny, what's going on? Where's Alan? Have you heard from him? I heard you met up with him recently. Yeah, he he came over last weekend and uh, we hooked up and. Good. uh, Doing okay. He's. Uh, you know, still a few problems, but um, good to see him. And uh, I've been meeting to get a hold of Angela and Martin. And, yeah, I haven't uh, heard anything from them, right? I haven't heard uh, anything. Yeah, she, you know, they got the young kids and everything, and I guess they're pretty big. Yeah, right, I imagine. That. Well, well, I'd appreciate it if you let me know when when you try to get in touch with them. Right? Yeah, I, I've been. We were going to hook up uh, uh, three months ago, Christmas, and <laughs> you're cutting out again. I think I jumped uh, too far ahead of our ship. Now you're cutting out again, Danny. It's painful. Anyway, well, nearly all of the Saxon messengers are now available in print. I'm still waiting for the um the, the first copies of a lot of them, but I don't expect it to sell to to sell a whole lot of copies. But it, it's they're available for people that want them. That's the important thing. Thanks to um, thanks to certain people sitting here. <laughs> Very good. But no thanks to me. Oh. You're, you're the main driving force. I, I think it was great to discover MagCloud, whatever it is. I don't I can't get my head around it, but it seems it's it's very, very helpful to what we want to do. Oh, absolutely. I I'm gonna have um a lot more of our publications on MagCloud, I think soon. I'm going to concentrate on that. Yeah. Probably after I get back from from, from my trip south in in June or July or whenever I come back, it, it'll be in a fall project, really, probably. But it will be done, Yahweh willing. Will certainly improve accessibility. Well, well, right, and, and we'll be able to um, hopefully get the word out even further. Exactly what are you talking about? The Saxon messengers are now available in print, right? There's a huge ad on the Saxon messenger and, and on Christagenia websites, right? It, it's on a lower... The, the lower um, right-hand side of the page.
Welcome back, Dorcas. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Do you know, Pete, they're rigging me up. As soon as I answer it, they put the phone down. I don't know who it is. It's, it's three times today it's happened. Such a nuisance. But anyway, I've moved the phone close by so I can just dismantle it quickly. <laughs> Yeah, we have a uh, conjunction tonight. No what? Conjunction <laughs> of Venus and Jupiter. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. Well, maybe that's just polling. Yeah. <laughs> Thought I would mention that have uh-huh. a sunset. Uh, Sounds erotic. The Jews should have a ball with that. We're probably headed for trouble. Yeah. I bought a. I got a big telescope. To... Okay. Yeah, we still don't hear you. You're still dropping out. Well, can I just ask how we we acquire um, the Saxon Messenger in print? Do we? Uh, have it go on the list for it to, you know. Oh, it's, it's, you have to go online and order it, right? Go online and order it, okay. And and some of the issues are, um, it's, it's not cheap because it's, it's print to order, so it's never going to be cheap, right? Some of the issues are $9.80 and some of the issues are $11.80. Right. Depending on the page count, right? And the postage is about, $2.17 Two dollars and, and and seventeen cents American maybe for, for to get it delivered wow. to, to Britain. It, it's really not bad. It's I was really shocked that it was right. so. Yes, right. I just wondered how one would go about it if you wanted to acquire one. Well, if if you go to the Saxon uh, website, on the it's on the right hand side. <clears throat> Right. Uh, it just says the Saxon Messenger in print. Yes. Uh, and then okay. you can click on that, there. and you'll get I to the see. right page. Ah. And they take PayPal. They take PayPal. That's the best part. Thank you, Jared. Mm. So it's, I, I think I, I was really impressed with it. It's very high quality. Uh, I only have the, the, the um, so far I've only received copies of the February issue, but I have copies of all the other issues on order. And, and it takes about eight eight days, maybe, to, to get an issue delivered. I don't know if it will take a day or two longer in Britain, but it's it's about eight days for me. Yeah. Well, I hope that is successful for you. Well, well right. I, I, it's just another way to get the word out, right? Yes, yeah. I'd like to sell a million of them, and, and then I could hire my own server technicians, and I could concentrate on writing. Yes, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Dorcas, quality is incredible. It's almost like a, a, a like a very upmarket book um, in that the paper is glossy, beautiful, and it would make yeah. a superb gift to somebody. You know, if you just wanted mm. to sort of um, get them interested. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's beautiful. It, when, when you're handling it, it, it's it's a delight to look at and to hold. Oh, how lovely. That kind of quality. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, it's a step forward, isn't it? I mean... I think the people are ready for it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are. Mm. Well, we'll see. So far, I've sold about four copies, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey, it starts out slow. <laughs> Mighty oaks from little acorns and all that. Kennedy started out with one person. Yes. Well, well, we can only um, well, we can only spread the seeds, and and God makes it grow, right? Yes, indeed. <clears throat> Fantastic when it happens. Mm. So, what else do we have? I know I have to start looking at a Saxon Messenger editorial for this month. I'm behind on that. I, I um I've had too many other problems. It, it's going to be about all the sexual abuse scandals that we've had the last year or two years or so. Yes, because there are so many. Every stone you turn, uh, you know, there's there's another scandal, um, and, and we're seeing increasingly more revelations here about. Uh, schools, you know, just ordinary schools, apparently. And then there's so much uh, sexual abuse going on there. And these are day schools. They're not boarding schools. No. And do you know, with children's film, you know, these um, lovely Disney films that used to be years ago, and they've, you know, they've changed over the years to more aggressive films. They're now going to sexualize the children's um, films so they feel it's a teaching tool so I heard today I mean how revolting it's all becoming well that's why we've got to keep speaking out against it um, mm, no. having a field day yeah, so but you can't see you can't take your small child to see a, an animated film. You know, it's all, um, that's all propaganda. Well, well, the shame of it is that, that um, you probably shouldn't be doing that anyway because you're just supporting yeah. our enemies. Yeah, Every yes. time we go to a theater, we're supporting our enemies. Mm. Yeah. Every time you go plop down 10 pounds for a theater seat, you're, you're giving 10 pounds to some Jew that's going to use that money to, to pollute your society. Yes. Well, I don't think theater seats cost ten pounds yet, but they're probably on their way. Mm. It's over ten dollars over here. From oh, it's it's almost too expensive to go here. Wow. It's it's just as well. Yeah. I think it's eight pounds. I, I have no idea how much a theater costs because um, I haven't been to one since 1980-something. About $13. Mm. 
Wow. I think they were like $5 the last time I went. Well, that, that might be true of cinema, but theatre's a lot more. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm talking to Englishmen. Theatre, cinema. I didn't know there was a, right. a difference. <laughs> We're talking about Get that movies. straight now. Well, well, you know, here they call the, the cinema, they call them movie theatres, right? Oh, right. Or the flicks. Now, now the, the real theatre is Broadway in, in New York. Yeah, I'm sure that's $100 probably. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've never been to a Broadway play. I haven't either. I was just going to say, me neither. I think we saw that Blue Man show or something like that uh, one time in Vegas. Friend that lived up there. Went to one of those shows, and the other one there with Lion. White tigers before the guy got eight. All that. <clears throat> well, cousin. The Lion King. Oh, it was the one there where Siegfried and all that. I I don't know. I think that's were like seventy five bucks. Cousin. Yeah. Oh, yep. We went up and. And uh, seventy five dollars, but you know it was quite a show. Yes. I was interacting with those tigers and everything. Uh, years later, that guy that eventually got eaten. Yeah, I was just gonna say he get interacted and uh, ate the <laughs> almost ate him. <laughs> uh, that was quite a show. Should be playing with animals. Yeah, some people, they really worship these animals, and it sickens me. I mean, I, I like dogs and cats and stuff like that, but uh, radar, the way some... You're cutting out again, Danny. Yeah, I can hear it. It's just not working. The last, I will have a... have a decent no this still isn't working I, i'm going to use this as an opportunity to to, to um and end this program i'm sorry danny your, your microphone just isn't working um I, I have a lot of packing to do and a lot of business to attend to it's it, it's probably better that what we wait um and and see each other in in two weeks right is it two weeks or is it three i think it's three weeks I think about the three. three. Yes, the next Euro Forum will be Thursday, April 5th, 2012. And I'd hope to see you all here. And, and thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank Great you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.
the truth around.